Hello, and welcome to another episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse. And this is the first time I've reviewed Supergirl. This is Supergirl Season 2, Episode 1, The Adventures of Supergirl. This is the first episode after it moved to the CW from CBS. And there are a bunch of changes. Uh, first of all, we can see Superman. I suspect that CBS did not get the rights to Superman when they got the rights to Supergirl, but as the CW is WB-owned Enterprise and WB-owns DC Comics, they already own the rights to Superman, so guess who's going to be a character? Um, other big changes, uh, it's, it's now folded into the Arrowverse. They're using um, words like uh, Cordo Maltese and Kaznian. In fact, Intergang was mentioned, which is a big... Big Superman thing, and that uh, smacks of perhaps uh, moving Apocalypse in later on down the line, but we will we will see whether that happens. So, um, as you don't remember from last time, because I certainly didn't say it, because there was no last time for Supergirl. Uh, the last episode of the last episode of season one uh, ended with Supergirl opening a Kryptonian pod and looking in some shock at what was inside, and what was inside was an adult person. Uh, sorry, an adult man, uh, male appearing figure. We'll go with that. Um, they take him to the DEO. Uh, she assumes he is Kryptonian. Um, they can't tell because needles won't go into his skin, which perhaps suggests that he is Kryptonian. We're not sure. Um, but uh, a, a bunch of stuff is happening. Uh, Kara is getting ready for her date with, uh, Jimmy. Don't call him Jimmy, call him James. Olsen. Uh, Wynn is essentially auditioning for a job at the DEO, which is great because, frankly, I'm not sure why, why he and Kara aren't drawing salaries from the DEO anyway. But that's, that's neither here nor there. And Kara has been faced with a difficult life choice. Cat Grant basically said, hey, what job do you want? Come back and tell me, and you can have it. And Kara is not sure what uh, what job she wants. So all of this is happening. And uh, there is a private space shuttle launch, a space shuttle called The Venture. And since I assume it was built by Rusty, it can't be all that good. Uh, which is... Uh, shown because the minute, well, not the minute it takes off, but the minute it enters, I think, low Earth orbit, one of the engines explodes and it starts plummeting back to Earth. Now, who should we see at a newsstand surrounded by the Daily Planet but Clark Kent, uh, who, of course, sees a nearby news broadcast about the shuttle disaster, and he zooms off to go intercept it. Uh, Kara is on her date with uh, Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy has come to her house with Kara's favorite meal, pizza and pot stickers, and has said that it's okay to turn on the uh, shuttle launch because he knows that Kara likes that kind of thing. And she does, and she sees that there's a disaster, and the cousins together save the space shuttle. And I have to say, I don't know the actor's name, but the guy who plays Superman and uh, Supergirl have a really nice chemistry about them. Um, it is actually, it's it's fun to watch them act together. It's fun to watch them play together. And they, they really do suck you into this idea that there are these two superpowered beings with the same tragic backstory who are related and have a familial bond. It's, it's like I said, it's really fun to watch. So 
they save the spaceship. They find out that someone who was supposed to be on the plane or on the spaceship is not on the, was not on the spaceship, and that someone is Lena Luthor. I believe it's Lena. Lena is Lex's sister. We find out she's adopted. But, of course, uh, Clark Kent and Cara Danvers go to talk to her later because, as she puts it, they wouldn't be there if her last name were Smith. Uh, so she gives him a bunch of stuff about uh, Lex welcoming into the family. I was proud of Lex until he went all nutty caca goo goo. Uh, and right now what I want to do is rename this company Elcorp. And I want to get, uh, I want to restore its good name. By the way, I should have described uh, Lex in a different way. So let me try that again. She said she was proud of Lex until he went all homicidally weird about Superman. Okay. So there's that. Um, uh, Clark decides that he is going to be working out of uh, um, Catco for a few days, and that's fine because Cat uh, apparently had a crush on Clark Kent. Uh, now, here is here is something that happened. Cat uh, Grant was not particularly subtly fishing. Uh, she asked whether Lois, he and Lois, were still going strong and not uh, and had not fizzled out because she had money on in the office pool that they would. He said that he and Lois were doing fine. She asked, what about her hangups with Superman? And he said, well, I think there's room for both of us in her life. And Kat replied, how modern. So the concept of polyamory, the concept of polyamory exists in the Arrowverse. It apparently just hasn't filtered down to any of the people involved in the multiple love triangles that seem to be de rigueur for these shows. Um, I'm actually uh, quite happy with Supergirl for doing something, even though it's a bit confusing, but we'll talk about that more later. So, when they find out, thanks to Wynn, uh, that the oscillator part that blew was directly below the seat that Lana Luther was supposed to be in, they realize that somebody is... Uh, making an attempt on Lana Luther's life. And this is John Corbin. And we were introduced to John Corbin in a previous scene where he was uh, testing some attack drones. And as is usual, if you're a villain and you are buying a weapon from somebody, what you do is you get them to tell you how to use it and then you shoot them rather than pay them. And just once, just once, I would love to see a scene in which a villain goes to buy a weapon. The person who's selling it to them tells them how to use it. The villain tests it out and then turns to the person and says, thank you, this has been a great help, here is your cash, and they go on their way. I'm really tired of arms dealers not being smart enough to not put live ammunition in the weapon they're selling to people of questionable moral character. But that is something, I guess, that arms dealers... Well, I, I mean, I, I guess if you do that, maybe it's your first time and maybe you don't do it anymore. I guess, you know, there's old arms dealers and bold arms dealers, but no old, bold arms dealers or something like that. Anyway, so uh, Lena Luthor is getting in a helicopter to go somewhere. Uh, John Corbin's drones show up and proceed to shoot. Uh, Superman and Supergirl show up. The bullets bounce off. And... Uh, John Corbett then reveals that he has planted drones around the city that are going to target the civilian populace. Superman goes to take care of those. Kara stays to take care of the helicopter. Um, because there's nothing like... Well, 
There's nothing like showing ruthlessness by attacking random civilians just so you can uh, get your target. Is there? Really? No, there's not. Okay. So, as usual, they save the day. Everything's okay, except, I think, for the helicopter pilot who took a bullet from one of the drones. And uh, Lena Luther finds out that somebody is um, plotting against her. Kara, uh, as Kara Danvers, is trying to talk Lena Luther out of making the speech where she transforms Luther Corp into... Corp. I mean, I guess people have a short memory. Uh, I mean, perhaps a better way to go would have been not Lex Luthor's company, uh, nor nothing to do with Luthor, or we completely repudiate uh, Lex Luthor and his anti-Superman stance. Something along those lines. Perhaps that would have been enough uh, to deal with it. Speaking of which, Lex Luthor in this universe is Ducky. That's right. John Cryer plays Lex Luthor. I've seen him in a few episodes of The Crisis. Uh, I'm I'm not uh, I'm not necessarily sold on the old the old Duckster there as as uh, Lex Luthor, but um, I don't know. Maybe maybe his performance on the show will convince me otherwise. So uh, Lena Luthor begins to give her speech. A uh, bunch of bombs go off. Uh, the Luther Court building starts to fall down. And Superman and Supergirl both go hold it up. Uh, she is informed by Wynn that he targeted the Southwest retaining column, uh, as Wynn puts it, like the single shot that killed the Death Star. It's it's going to make the whole building fall down. Uh, Supergirl finds a bunch of old girders and sort of welds them into place so they serve as a brace for the building. But I can tell you right now that that, that thing, that high-rise building is, is getting condemned and it is going to cost a pretty penny to put it back up again. I don't know what kind of insurance skyscrapers have, but I hope it's good because they're going to need it on that one. Meanwhile, in the confusion on the ground, John Corbin, dressed as a cop, approaches Lena Luthor and pulls his gun, but thankfully, Cara Danvers' sister Alex is there, and they proceed to beat on each other for a little while until he sort of finally gets the upper hand, and she and Alex kind of, like, throws him away from her, but he lands near a gun, and he picks up a gun, and he's about to shoot when Lena Luthor shoots him, and uh, we're told that he needs to go to a hospital even though it was a through and through, but it went through his torso, so it probably pierced something vital, so he needs to go to a hospital. Okay. So, the next time uh, we see everybody, uh, they Lena Luther is holding up uh, Daily Planet, copy of the Daily Planet with pride. She got some good press from Clark on the front page. She thanks both Clark and Kara for their work. Uh, Kara, although she's like, Kara, I didn't see your name on the byline. Kara says, I'm not a reporter. Lena says, you, you, should, you could fool me. Car goes back to Kat, says, Kat, I want to be a reporter. And Kat says, I'm going to take out your resume that you gave me when you applied here. And on it, in large red letters, is written the word reporter, because that's what Kat Grant saw in Cara Danvers when she applied, and it's why she got hired. So, um, like cousin, like cousin, I guess? Cara uh, is going to be a reporter for Catco, so we... Interesting to see where that goes. Now, the thing that I said that I, I kind of liked that they did, uh, but that I'm a little surprised about, is this. They spent all of last season building up Kara uh, and Jimmy's mutual attraction to the point that Jimmy's relationship with Lucy Lane got ruined over it, and it put a strain on Wynn's friendship because he, of course, had a crush on Kara that was unrequited, so they had that typical love triangle going. Um... 
well, it was well, not typical. It was it was a love triangle, but it was sort of one where only uh, one leg of that triangle uh, was still really going. So it was more of a love V, I guess. Uh, but they had that happen. Uh, Wynn seems to have gotten over her. He was dating the Silver Banshee for a while before she went all evil, and he did make there was certainly a suggestion that he definitely cared about her more than what their on-screen relationship would lead us to believe because he tried to talk her out of being evil and whatnot. But he hasn't really said anything uh, to Kara, and the way that they're writing him around... Oh, Kara, excuse me. The way that they're writing him around Kara doesn't suggest that he's still super uh, into her in, in the same way that he was. But she tells James that she's searched deep within her heart, and really she just wants to be friends. She doesn't want a romantic relationship with Jimmy Olsen. And this is a little bit unbelievable. It's a complete volteface from what we saw last season, but it also gives us a second season of the show where we have the main character. There is no love triangle. In fact, right now there is no love interest, which is kind of nice. Now, I'm sure that's going to come back into it, uh, because, um, and I'm possibly projecting because Callista Flockhart plays Cat Grant, but there, there's definitely a, a sort of an Ally McBeal flavor to this a little bit. Uh, just young career woman uh, in the city, getting her feet under her, trying to figure out a job and relationship, and of course, uh, vigilante crime fighting, as all young career women are wont to do. Um, but I am, like I said, I'm happy. I'm happy to see that they're not shoving Kara into a romantic relationship. I'm happy to see that they're not including romance right now. Uh, I'm sure they're going to. I'm sure they're going to go back to the will they, won't they, because that's what the CW likes to do. But for right now, it's a bit of a breath of fresh air because I am getting solidly sick of that trope. And it's nice to have one show in which that, at least for now, doesn't appear to be a major plot point. And I think that's going to do it for this episode of Arrow Chapter and Verse. See you next time when we are back on The Flash. That's right. Not all shows are created equal. Uh, Legends has fewer episodes than the other three, I suspect, because it's so much of an ensemble show. They've got to spend a lot more money on the cast, and they don't, uh, they don't have the budget to do a 20 to 23 show season. But we're back to The Flash, and then The Arrow, and then Supergirl, and then we will return to Legends. So I will see you soon. And have a good day.